0: Grace, mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. On Christmas we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus. It's a joyous festival. But these feasts and these festivals and days surrounding Christmas day itself they serve as sobering reminders that Christ, though he is indeed the savior of the world, is not met by a friendly reception wherever he goes and wherever his gospel is proclaimed. This past week, we celebrated St. Stephen and St. John and holy innocence, and today we've got Herod's rage to contend with. The holy family has to flee to Egypt to escape Herod's wrath. It is all a sobering reminder that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. The flight into Egypt and the massacre of the holy innocents really makes clear the opposition of darkness to light. And in our Gospel this morning, we can already see that Christ's whole life even beginning with his infancy, was lived under the sign of persecution. And you Christians, you all ought to know that because you belong to him in baptism, well, you share then in that very same fellowship as well, the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. Peter, he put it this way in our epistle, he said, Beloved, don't be surprised Don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but instead rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings that you may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. This is all to say that the church does not want us caught up in the cheap hallmark imitation of Christmas. Christmas. We must never forget that this blessed child, he was born to die and to suffer and to be a sacrifice for sins, to save rebel man. There was a theologian named Helmut Tilica who put it so nicely when he said that the manger in which Christ lay and the cross on which he hung were fashioned from the same tree. So what's going on in our gospel this morning? Well, when the Magi failed to return to Herod, the king, he grew mad with rage. Assuming that they had found the newborn contender for his throne, and knowing that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem, Herod sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or younger." It all sounds strangely familiar. Remember Moses and the rage of Pharaoh that led to the killing of the Hebrew boys in the Nile. Pharaoh was jealous of the promise of that king and savior, and now Herod is after him too. So he sends out his executioners to find and to kill this rival king. When we celebrate this day in the Church, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, we bathe the altar in red to remember their deaths. The first Christian martyrs who praised God, not by their speaking, but by their dying. Oh, it was evil, to be sure, no doubt about it. But at the same time, Saint Augustine, he makes a point in a sermon that Herod and all of his evil henchmen could hardly have done those little babies a better service. For on account of the holy name of Christ, they were instantly translated from this valley of sorrow to God in heaven. They were, in the grand scheme of things, spared and relieved of the bitterness and whisked away to rejoice and sing God's praises. Because by their deaths they witnessed to Christ. But for the infant Jesus, it was not yet his time, wasn't yet his time to suffer, wasn't yet his time to die and lay down his life. And so when the Magi departed, the Holy Family, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee down to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt, I have called my son. And just a little more text here. When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are dead. Now, we call this little dark chapter in the Christmas story the flight into Egypt, and it recalls so much that took place in the Old Testament. In this account, we find Jesus retracing the steps of the nation of Israel as they entered the dark period of their slavery under the Egyptian pharaoh. St. Matthew here, he quotes the prophet Hosea, out of Egypt I have called my son. It's a beautiful prophecy. At the same time, Hosea points back to Israel's exodus, but also points forward to Jesus' exile. We see that God's son is prefigured by the nation of Israel, but now fulfilled in the birth of Jesus, who goes down to Egypt and back. Okay, so what's with all this going down to Egypt stuff, and why should we care, and what does it mean? Well, Egypt actually holds a very interesting place in salvation history. Abraham, he once took refuge there during a time of famine for relief, and when famine struck again, Jacob and the sons of Israel went down to Egypt for grain. Egypt was something of a place of shelter but it also had dark associations with sin. Remember, Jacob's sons had sold their brother Joseph into slavery in Egypt, a sin that would in time lead to the long and brutal enslavement of their entire nation. It was during their forced labor in Egypt that many of God's people fell into idolatry, represented by the golden calf which Egyptians worshipped. Therefore, the very name of Egypt was used as a synonym for idolatry, as a synonym for slavery and sin itself. For God's people, Egypt came to represent, in a way, hell on earth. So when Jesus goes down to Egypt, even as a baby, you can see that it's more than just a little personal escape plan. No, The Holy Family's flight into Egypt is more like a harrowing of hell, a foreshadowing for us all of what Jesus will accomplish when he saves us from the Egypt of our own sin in this fallen world and opens up the gates of heaven. Again, the Old Testament is really the backdrop for what we see in our gospel today. And I hope you can see it. Because Jesus is going where God's people went, to Egypt and back. By standing where they stood in the waters of the Jordan. By fighting and winning spiritual battles where God's people lost in the wilderness all of those years. To show himself as the perfect son, the perfect Israel. Israel reduced to one man. But he really shows his perfection and his incomprehensible love by dying how we all deserve to die, under God's judgment and under his wrath, paying the ransom price to set us free from the bondage of sin from our hellish Pharaoh, the devil, and from this evil Egypt. Again, the Old Testament echoes all around Joseph, in the Old Testament, he dealt with dreams, ensuring God's protection of his people by storing up grain and providing bread for the people. But now in the New Testament, there's another Joseph, and he has dreams too. Not just about storing up grain during a time of famine, but about guarding the bread of heaven for all the nations of the whole world, all by protecting the infant Jesus the true bread of life. If you can take one message home from today's scripture readings, it's really essentially that good triumphs over evil. Herod and the devil and this evil world are no match for Christ, as humble as he may be. Fierce enemies, those enemies are, but in the end, all opposition to Christ, all opposition to his word, all opposition to Christ's holy church, it must, in the end, all fail and come to nothing. That's what we learn from our gospel today. The holy family bearing with them the infant Christ and the redeemer of the world, they flee down to Egypt in poverty to escape Herod's wrath. And to outside observers, it all looks so powerless, so helpless, and foolish even. But as the apostle writes, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And with Christ, we shall prevail. Finally, I want you all to know that nothing will prevent Christ from going to the cross. That's what we also learn. In fact, in today's gospel, we see that his persecution, his suffering, his passion, already as an infant, had well begun. We can learn from this. Let us all begin the new year being willing to participate in his sufferings, believing in our hearts always that God works good out of evil and displays his power in weakness. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.